This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. With a Slack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. This person. Now we've got Joanna Shaz has got her hand up. Hey, oh. yep. Hello. Me from Nottingham again. Absolutely. Um, Interestingly, uh, my degree is in English, by the way. I'm, I'm not just like some kind of drama teacher that dances around um, making everyone be trees. Um, I just think that some... Why shouldn't he do that? He perhaps wants a different kind of career. But the other thing I wanted to comment on, which I think is really interesting, is because I'm very active on social media and I'm a bit shouty and I'm a bit... But I teach post-16, and occasionally I have been spoken to, but not aggressively, by my SLT. Um, and they've just said, oh, perhaps, you know, perhaps you could tone that down a little bit. But they actually like it. And I get parents, because it's, I think, again, I think it's where, where you are. Because it's post-16, I get parents following me, and they love it, and they interact with me. And I don't follow them back, and I don't follow kids back, by the way. I'm very into safeguarding. I was a senior tutor for 10 years before I became head of faculty, so I understand all of the stuff. But, you know, I think we've got to get a sense of humour back that teachers are human beings. And that's, that's been my career. That's been the whole 20 years or 20 more years now that I've worked in education is that it's been a load of fun and I've been me and I'm a bit shouty. I'm a bit shaz and that's why I use shaz drama as my thing. Nothing intellectual, even though I can do that if you need me to. But I I don't know. I, I, I mean, even in in my classroom, in, in drama, swearing's okay. 
like we're not allowed to swear on TV. What really, you're saying that from... you're saying that you let you you're happy for the kids to just swear at each other. Uh, right. Can I explain how controlled that is? Huh? Um. Okay. So, right. So, what we have is like this thing that we talk about when we when we're first in the room together, because we're we're looking at the way the industry works and. We use words, and I can actually give you the etymology of every swear word in the English language if you want me to, because I know where they all come from. And I actually teach the kids where they all come from as well, because I teach a text that uses some of the worst swearing in the whole of the English language. And I enjoy doing that because I go, right, where did this word come from? It was originally... A very simple Anglo-Saxon word. And now it's a swear word because people have said it is. We use swearing is normal. So what I don't want in, in a room where I'm trying to work and do really interesting projects with kids is to police them. So um, in a normal office environment, if they were to go like you effing effing this in the middle of their office when they you know once well, they're in the world would do that would they unless they're... no no but you're no, saying there's a difference between calling someone names and swearing as part of your everyday discourse so, so, I find that so you're that. saying that if... is... i'm really confused i find that people who swear as part of their everyday discourse are people i don't particularly want to be around now oh, be a cake now now be a cake now now i'm not saying i'm a complete you know i'm a complete puritan on this because i'm not but i find that if if every every other sentence you're effing blindly that's not really the done thing that's just the done thing where just just in a a staff room in an office um in a normal work environment in a social environment i I don't I'm just really confused I, I why you would think... I agree with you guys. I think as, as professionals, you know, I, w- I wouldn't accept any people swearing in my classroom. I, I, right. It's just okay. not something I, I agree with. Can I bring this back to where I was going with it? So, yeah. Yeah. So, actually, so, no, I don't police it because when they're working in and doing their working groups, I don't police it. And I'm swearing at someone... And using expletives is. And they are two very different things. And there are some brilliant... But just to, of... just to clarify, just, just before you carry on, I just want you to clarify, you're saying that it is acceptable in your classroom for students to use expletives. <laughs> uh, most of the plays I teach have got expletives in. Shakespeare's plays are full of expletives. This is it's a ridiculous... Right, I don't know what. Right, I'm I'm teaching sixteen to nineteen year olds. I'm not teaching children. They are children. Yeah, they they are They're still children. very children. children. Yeah, I wasn't a child yeah, when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Speak for yourself, Shaz, but they're children until they're so eighteen years old. I am supposed to tell them that they are not right. So, what about the text? that we use then should we oh that's different that's different no that's different that's That's not the same point at all that's different and i'm sure if you find gc you can find gcse texts as well um where you can find similar you know swearing or whatever going on and you i I just don't within the context of that text but not just as like your everyday conversations you're having with them. Which is, so that is lovely. So what you're telling me is then, as part of my professional behaviour, I should not allow 16 to 19 year olds to swear and I shouldn't swear myself in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Are you actually yeah. telling me that that is your you're policing me and you're saying that I definitely? I'm shouldn't. not policing. No, you, can no, do, you can do whatever you want. You can, we're not we're not policing. We're just telling you. My, I've, I've told you my opinion. My opinion is that I don't think that's acceptable. No, I don't think that 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 should happen. I would. Um, got, Tom, we got some hands up here, so I want to hear from Mrs O. Let's hear from Mrs O. Yeah, come on. And yeah, you know, I don't I don't know because. 
Yeah, hi. I just wanted to jump in to say that I agree that there's a difference between, um, you know, doing plays that have, you know, different language in them, whatever, and it's in the context of that play and it's age appropriate for those students compared to you're just in the classroom and you're not swearing at each other, but you're just swearing as part of your vocabulary. I think it doesn't prepare them for life. Um, there are like some work, work settings where maybe it's more normal than others. I don't want to stereotype anybody. But for the most part, it would be frowned upon and it would be seen as unprofessional if um, you are just swearing like that. I, I don't think it sets them off in the right way. That was all. We've got a few more people with our hands up as well. We've got Rosie who wants to come back in. And then we've got Dan. And then after we've done Rosie and Dan, we'll go and speak to anybody else who wants to come in as well. But So we'll start with Rosie and then we'll go to Dan. Rosie. Hiya. Um, I think I'll probably come across as a bit of a prude, but that's okay with me. I don't think swearing is appropriate at all um, in terms of teaching 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 the kids and how I conduct myself as a professional and I wouldn't want my students to think that the way that I behave as the teacher at the front of the room is acceptable for them to then enter their workplace later on in life and that that's how prof professionals behave you know I think we're you know not to put too fine a point on it or labor it too much but we are role models to a lot of our students and they do need to see that you know, you can code switch um, and that when you're in this professional forum um, and you're in your role as somebody who is at work, swearing is absolutely not appropriate. And I would be really offended if when a child was speaking to me, they did swear. You know, that's cause for me to phone home and say what's happening here is not appropriate. And I think it also sets the tone for how the students Chaz, teach you, each other. Why are you laughing at that? Why are you laughing at what Rosie's saying? What? What's funny about what Rosie's just said? Because of the code switching, and I absolutely agree. And sometimes, can I just... What like, do you agree I, with? I what Ella do you agree with? Here. I wish Ella, Ella came on earlier and then she left. But when you're working with inner city kids, and if you try to police... I, I'm an inner city kid myself. Um, when you try and police language too much what you end up is um with the reverse and nobody's you know it's almost as if so you're saying that this this, this Karen, you're that saying that just let me clarify you're saying that we need lower expectations for inner city kids no i'm ab that was no i am absolutely not saying that no because Actually, if you if you listen to the, the guys from Oxford, they're worse. So, you know, Oxford professors, you know, use use expletives all the time in their lectures. So this is nonsense. I don't understand why we are policing what is normal language so much in a classroom. And I'm not saying Right, what I'm not saying is that we all start going mad and swearing at each other. But normal language, I don't know about how you live your lives. I live my life like like a human and I, I swear a lot. But that's in your, that's that's your choice in your, oh, Sharon's gone. Yeah, um, right, Tom, I want to get uh, Dan Rosen's here. He's had a second yeah. while, let's hear from Dan. Hello, uh, evening. Uh, I fully agree with Rosie to start with, but I was going to give you a different uh, perspective, actually. I'm in Germany here, and our, um, the teacher standards in Germany are very, very different. Um, it's okay, for example, for teachers to have barbecues around their house. Um, if teachers have relationships with students once they're over the age of consent, that's not against the law. And so for me, working in a British school in Germany, uh, it's been a real challenge for us to... to uh, bring over British, uh, I suppose, teacher standards to not just our teachers. That's not a problem. Most of our teachers uh, are fully on it. But with the, the students, they find it really difficult to, to understand that we uh, don't think that's OK. And so um, I think it's just a, a different context to add that it, when you're in a different uh, place. Yeah, sometimes... but hang on, Dan. Hang on a minute. Are you yeah. saying that in an international, because I've worked in two international yeah, yeah. swearing's never been acceptable. Oh, no. 
not talking about swearing. I was talking about major. T- Although the German, you say that in German, if you say uh, "scheiß," it's pretty standard. Like, is in it's not even considered a swear word. But obviously, if they said the equivalent in English, uh, it, we would be absolutely. We'd find that absolutely abhorrent. And so, in the school, we we are a British school. We we run the same teacher standards. We have the same expectations. Swearing is not allowed. I would never swear uh, at school. That'd be absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it, it adds, a, adds a complication when the students are expecting a level of familiarity that we are not comfortable with. Um, and the parents are expecting a level of familiar, familiarity that we're not comfortable with. And it, it, it adds a different dimension because we have to have those high expectations of ourselves, of staff, and we have to have them of the students as well. So, um, What's happened yeah. to Sharon? Did she leave? Tom? Uh, possibly, possibly. Um, now, I'm going to add in text. It's really interesting, this link that Dan's made there between familiarity and formality. And um, there, there would be words then, I imagine, that people would take issue with that fall outside of the typical swear words that we would all be concurrent with across the UK. And words that are maybe um, uh, locale specific. You know, I'm thinking where I am, a lot of kids say mush. Um, you know, and I, we put them off that because it's kind of slang kind of wording. Um, how do you feel about that, uh, Tom HB? One second, just repeat that again, please. So if I was using not direct swear words, but I was using informal language or language that showed a kind of familiarity with you, like if I was calling you fam or mush or anything like that. Fam. Or, or if I was using any kind of informal language with you, whenever, whenever, <laughs> I, I sometimes, I sometimes come across kids who, what do they use in, in, outside in Nottingham? In you know, in like transitions or whatever, call me G or well, Mr. J, Mr. J like. wants to say Tom, let and Mr. I, J I say, I'm not your G, I'm not your, <laughs> I'm not your fan. <laughs> That's all right. Thank you. I'm not your okay. team. Tom, you've made my day, lad. Okay, let, let's hear from Mr. J. Mr. J. Bullen. I think this is a very interesting point for all of us. I don't believe intrinsically in lessons that I would swear, but like Sharon, I'm a drama teacher. And so, Mr. I'm J, not... has, has Sharon just told you to come on here and defend her? No, actually, she hasn't. I came on and suddenly heard her speak. It's um, like WWE, isn't it? It's like a tag team. <laughs> Mr. Re- J, recognize the voice. Um, I, I don't work with her. I know her through a group of drama teachers. Um, but I'm not going to avoid a play with my year 11s or when I go on to teach A-level because they're swearing in it. Because it is... I don't think that's what we're debating, though. I I don't think that's what... So, for example, Norman Conquest, you know, um, you you think of William the Conqueror, you know, William the Bar Steward. um, You know, there's certain things that... that Phraseology that is used within texts or within, you you know, that that, that, uh, what we're... What I thought we were discussing was Sharon's original point, which I don't know if she's going to speak again, but her original point was that she doesn't want to police students' language in class and that swearing, not swearing at, at each other, but kids swearing, whether they're in groups or, or whatever, is okay. And that, that was the point that I think we were debating, and that's the point. Where, I mean, what you're talking about is something to me that's different to that. I but don't think right. it is all that different. Yeah, but you, it's not. It's not the student. Yeah, but in that context, it's not. It's part of a script. It's not the student who's saying it. That's like putting something in quotes, isn't it? That's like reading a quote that someone else has said. But if you're using that language within the context of a play, you're then saying to those students that this is how people can speak, and let's be honest they are going to speak like that and however much we try i don't think we're gonna stop them i don't think we can as teachers right tom i'm gonna give you an, an example here and this is an example that i've had this week and you know this to context i teach secondary alternative provision so there are children who struggle to regulate their behavior in a mainstream setting 
we follow our English scheme of work from the English from the English department for the whole school. And we have a book which we read as a class reader, which pretty much every other word is swear words. Right. And I read that to the class. And I have um, had to, you know, wrestle with this decision about whether we would continue or use that book or not, because the children that I was working with found it difficult then because to, to, to uh, switch between this idea that I was there as the teacher, even if I am reading something out in character, using swear words in character, and then having to talk to them about their language in the class whilst discussing it. That's a really tough kind of boundary to draw a line on and you know for, in my situation we felt that it was best that actually we didn't try and enforce that and change the book to something else because people do it for a number of reasons but we're often putting books in front of people saying oh this is a bit edgy a bit cool it's got some swear words in it when we don't maybe don't need to i don't know now uh, i'm just looking we've got some other people here tom we've got loads i was about to point out of course i teach i teach the russian revolution and there is some swearing involved in my teaching of it from some fantastic things which different people have said to each other in the course of Russian history. But that's what happens when you teach Lenin and Stalin and people like that as well. Um, we've got some hands. We've got to go. Let's choose an order. Um, I want to go to Miss Mack first because she hasn't spoken yet. Then we'll go to Miss Evans and then we'll go to Dan. Um, and if you would like to speak, please do raise your hand and we'll choose you and we'll put you into the um, queue. So Miss Mac starts off please. I just think it completely depends on, on context so everyone keeps talking about like oh if it's in a, a book, a, a script, whatever it, it seems okay. Well in my classroom I if a child is like getting really frustrated at themselves and they accidentally say you know the, the S word or the F word I'm not gonna you know read them the right riot attack and, and whatnot. Um, and this week has been particularly difficult as we, one of our year 11s sadly passed away um, and our year 11s have been really struggling with dealing with this and lots of them in processing their emotions have at times sworn in front of us and we're not going to sit there and, you know, start handing out detentions for swearing as per behaviour policy and I think in schools it's such an artificial environment where in real life you will be allowed to swear in certain situations and I think allowing students to sometimes swear when they are frustrated or annoyed is actually, okay, they're learning how and, and when to swear in an appropriate way, as opposed to it being this big, bad, awful thing that, you know, nobody ever does. Like, I'm never going to swear in front of my mum, or I try to, not as much as possible, um, because she's really anti-swearing. But in front of my other mum, I know that I can swear and it's not going to be a problem. And so I feel like actually in a classroom, if you're teaching students that there are certain certain circumstances where swearing's okay you're actually preparing them better for the world when they'll realize oh okay i can't swear in front of my boss but my co-worker it might be okay in front of does that make sense yeah i think you've brought up some situations there where actually i think we as professionals we've got to show a bit of tact and we've got to show a bit of sort of professional judgment mm. i think in terms of some of those situations whereby it's instinctive and it's in response to traumatic events and in response and sort of that sort of quiet muttering to oneself now I, I, i've had students in that position as well no i haven't written the right out why well, yeah. i've looked at them and i've gone you sure you want to say that and they've then sort of corrected themselves and and it's just about having that sort of professional judgment as a teacher knowing what to do when and i think that's um you know i think really important point there um, yeah. who was next it was miss evans and then dan go for it I think Ms. Mac beat me to it. I think context is really important. I actually, um, my department teacher text with swearing in it um, and with words in it for GCSE. Um, we explore why that language is used and in what context within the, the text itself um, and what it's demonstrating. And the students are across a range of ability able to cope with it um, and aren't swearing in the classroom. Um, my family member of mine has worked in alternative provision, so I can understand how it might be more difficult in a, in a different setting. Um, but when I'm having, a, similar to what Miss Mack was saying, um, if you're having a difficult conversation with an emotional student, as long as they're not swearing aggressively at you, but if there's an emotional situation going on, then I can, you know, I tend, we try and be understanding. 
I think it's a little bit about self-control, isn't it? So like you said in the debate earlier, when you can use that language with a boss or with a, or maybe with a co-worker and think about when and where you can control that use of language as much as you can in certain contexts. But I do say to students, even when they're emotional and they're getting upset, they accidentally swear or it slips out. I'll say, oh, you know, think about your language. You know, I'm trying to control my language with you. There are certain situations you need to try and control your language. It's trying to educate them on the context in which they can and can't be said, I suppose, in a secondary setting. But I pretty much agree with what Ms. Mac was saying. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Dan, over to you. Yeah, I, they both said a large amount of what I was going to say as well. I think there's a difference between teaching about swearing, such as in, in Of Mice of Men, it's a classic example, teaching about the use of swear words, and I think that's important. Um, but I think for me as a, as a school leader, it's about the culture that you want in the school and saying it's okay to swear um, in this in this school. That's not the culture we want. There's, you know, notwithstanding situations like they were described a second ago, which I think everyone would be understanding about. It's about saying, you know, <clears throat> and in English drama especially, giving students options about ways they can express themselves. And there's no necessity to swear. So let's teach them that the options they have uh, are available to them. If they mess up along the way, they're still students. That's cool. Um, but it's about, you know, setting that high expectation to say, look, there's no need to swear. So let's think of a different way we can we can talk about this uh, to express yourself more clearly and, and, you know, still having the same outcome that you want. Thank you, Dan. Um, Sawson's been waiting patiently. I hope I can understand. Hi, thank you. Um, so, yeah, just I've got sort of two perspectives. Firstly, um, as a parent, um, I remember when my son came home studying of my son men, actually, that Dan just mentioned um, and telling me, oh, my God, there's, you know, there's swearing in it and there's sort of insinuations and things like this. And I said to him, it's OK, as long as it's part of what you're learning, obviously, as part of English. My daughter's also secondary and she um, absolutely adores drama and there's lots of, you know, bits and pieces of swearing in that. Um, and again, it's the same, you know, it, within context, it's absolutely fine, for, you know, as a parent um, that they're doing that um, at school and coming across that. Um, and then as a teacher, I'm a secondary science teacher, obviously, um, mainly with the year 11, sometimes they'll slip out with, with a bit of a swear word and it's just a quick uh, language. Um, and then they're really apologetic and yeah, so they kind of know that they shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, mainly summed up with what you guys were saying. So thank you. <laughs> This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts 
offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. It's um, okay. Yeah, it's just an internet connection. Ah. Yeah, can you, no, can I'm you tell us then? Because like the bit the bit I don't feel you've clarified yet Go on. is you said that you don't want to police language. So the bit I haven't understood yet is you've said it's okay for them to swear when they're working in groups or when they're just working in the classroom or whatever. Um, and it's also okay for them to, to swear during scripted, you know, in the scripted context. Is that, is that right? Are you saying that it's okay for them to swear in general? Yeah. I am absolutely, and I'm completely confident about that because so so if that if makes someone... me a confident adult, right? I, I'll just talk about my own kids. I've I have two kids; they're twenty five and thirty now, and I didn't police swearing in the house with them and the and other kids, but I always taught them that there might be certain situations that they had to think about whether or not. They could use certain words. So I'm not offended by the Anglo-Saxon swear words at all. I know, and I actually teach the kids. I, I, you see, I'm, I'm, I did my, I did Anglo-Saxon as part of my degree. And I know why they're now pejorative words. So um, I talk to the kids in, in the classroom when I'm teaching them Shakespeare, when I'm teaching them Burkhoff. And I teach them where those words came from and the fact that they were just normal words and how all of a sudden they become pejorative words. So in the so context of... Fun. So in, in the fun with that. Yeah, but in the context of like a kid in your classroom, so let's say you're in the classroom and a kid says, this is a, a S-H-I-T or this is effing rubbish. <laughs> or That's whatever. funny. That's How's funny. That funny? I, I would love that. Yeah, but nobody's actually ever told me that yet. But, um, you know, after 22 years, I would actually like it. Um, but um, no, but what's no that? But how's that, how's that teaching those kids? And they are children because they're under 18s. How is that teaching? Why are you telling me that they're under children? Right, because they are children. children. They're under 18. No, 16 to 19 apparently is now the thing. Yeah. Um Yep. So you're saying so that I you're saying that up to the age of eighteen, they're not children. Um, well, Tom, uh, can right, I just this ask is a really question? complicated thing that I do think that it's they... not complicated. They're either children or they're not. And I'm saying that anyone under the age of eighteen, at least shouldn't in Britain, swear. Say, say again. Shouldn't swear. No, you're saying they're not children, and I'm saying they are. Legally, 16 to 19 year old, they are classed as children under the law. Okay. Okay. But the law does not say, and it hasn't come into my classroom yet, to say that 16 to 19 year olds cannot use swear words. And, and it's what we think of as what are swear words. Shaz, can we, on that note then, we're talking about swear words, we talked about the Anglo-Saxon kind of origin swear words, but are there words then that you would take issue with, um, pejorative, um, like derogatory phrases and such like, are there words that you would if you heard them being used, maybe homophobic language, um, things that you would pick up on? Absolutely. Anything homophobic, I would have to have that discussion. If someone said, uses gay, queer any of those those words i will absolutely pick up on straight away but i won't pick up on um other little swear words that people are extremely offended with some of them are four letter words which 
are just happening in conversation while people are learning. So, yep, if someone's using something that is offensive and objectified, it's objectifying language as so, well. So you're, the most important thing. so you're saying that you're saying that because that those kids are learning from being in that space that using whatever the language that you think is acceptable, they are learning that <clears throat> that is acceptable and that is the norm. So you're saying that you're comfortable with those kids thinking that that is the norm in a in a business or formal environment for them to use the f like four letter words. She's gone again. Whenever I ask those killer questions, she she runs. Um, we've got loads of questions. Rosie, do you want to chip in? Hi. Um, yeah, I think I come at this as somebody. So I trained with Teach First. Um, and the reason that that's important is because when I started training nine years ago, uh, there was a, you know, Teach First really focused on putting us in deprived uh, areas. And um, I know that they've diversified a bit, even though that's still the focus. But I was working with kids that came from really, really deprived backgrounds. And quite often they um, they might be the first generation of students to complete compulsory education uh, and possibly go on to university. And when we were having conversations in class at GCSE and at A-level, if they did slip up and swear, I would remind them of their language because I took that responsibility of helping them onto the next stage of their lives really seriously um because i think one of the things that i worry about with my students given that i still teach children that come from deprived backgrounds is that they are depending on their teachers as professionals to show them how to behave in a professional environment and there's in my opinion there is just simply no space for swearing in in that role and 100%. if i want them to go on to be um I don't know, successful public speakers, whatever it is they choose that they want to pursue, I think it's important that they know how to conduct themselves and they have other ways of using language that don't depend on swearing or colloquialisms that they can express themselves eloquently. Does, I don't Sharon. know, does that make sense? I feel quite impassioned. Sharon, <laughs> I'm back. On. Okay. So some of our best public speakers are very good at using language and peppering um, all sorts of expletives and getting away with it. Um, <clears throat> I worked for, I was a civil servant, so I worked for the government and that was fun. And I've also worked for Marks and Spencer, so I've worked in the corporate world before I came into teaching. And yep, I got swore up every single day of my life so nobody is i don't know where teachers get this idea that that swearing at people doesn't happen in the world of work because it does and sometimes it's far more offensive than the jollity of it just an exchange of it so yeah i i can remember um when i was in We'd just opened a new store, Marks and Spencer store, and, and my manager came at me. And the language, I, I got about 34-letter words because I hadn't ticketed a counter properly. And it was illegal. And I swore back at him, and no one had ever done that before. But, yeah, he was Glaswegian. I'm Glaswegian by half of me. And so, yes, it does happen in the workplace. So it's about learning how to contextualise language. It's never perfect. Nothing's perfect. And why should we ever pretend to kids that, no, no, professional people don't swear? Oh, my word, yes, they do. I know barristers that swear, industry professionals that swear. Can I? Sorry, Sharon. Can I ask? Would you be comfortable with somebody swearing at you at work? Because I wouldn't be. Yeah. I would be really offended if somebody swore at me in the English office. Well, you if know, they swore with... at me, I would be really offended. But if someone in well, oh my goodness, if you came into um, my faculty because I manage performing arts, music, drama, 
separate English lit and English language. And if you came in and, and you heard the way we, we use language every day, which is rich, and we use words, <clears throat> we don't swear at each other. Do you think the students can discern, you know, the, how that is appropriate? And because that's something that I'm not sure they have the skill to do just yet. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I've got quite a strong standpoint on this, where if it, I'm zero tolerance with it, because I don't think that they necessarily can draw the line between it's OK for me to say I'm having a terrible day. But it's not okay for me to say you have a terrible haircut or you've made a horrible point. You know, like uh, where I'm do sorry, they? I, I think the haircut things have lost. <laughs> lost me. <laughs> I think what I'm but, saying is that they shouldn't be making personal comments and no, they shouldn't be should using swearing never, to do that. Exactly. You should never make personal comments. You should never be rude. But you've just said you don't believe in fleecing. Sorry, you're, you're picking me up again, and, and you're quite right to do so. But Thank what you. I also say is that during a conversation in an educational setting when young people are working together, by the way, I use loads of math of the expert techniques. So most of the stuff I do in the way I work is, you know, I get them, their project managers, they're doing things. So I am post-16, so please, I apologise if I'm just, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't, I've never taught in a school. So I apologise for my lack of understanding. But kids, when they're allowed to sort of speak freely together, do actually achieve much more than when they're being policed. And I think that that's something that I can do at post sixteen. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've got a twenty-five year old in the room next to me who who knows that I I didn't stop him swearing, but I did say don't go into school and swear because you really will be sent home and you'll get. So it, it's just a matter of what we think. Oh, I'm just flabbergasted. We've got people who want to speak and they did have their hands up and they've gone down. So I'm just, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm looking at people who have got their hands up. And I can only see one hand, well, I can see two, but the first one was Mr. Bullen. So we'll go to Mr. Bullen first and then we'll go to Miss Pat. Mr. Bullen, take it away. Tom, earlier you were talking about the difference between uh, people being offensive and people swearing. And I think one of the things we have a duty to do as teachers is teach students when it's right and when it's wrong. If someone is offensive and they're using derogatory terms uh, towards someone or about people in terms of homophobic language, racist language, we have a duty to pick them up. But I'm of a mind with Sharon here and Rosie, I completely understand your point that in some settings that it, it's definitely not correct. And yes, you can be offended by it, but we also have a duty to teach students about language and about when it's correct to use. So I think in the right settings and in an environment where students can be themselves, which I know that I personally, I always want to create in my classrooms, that should a student swear in that setting, I'm not going to come down on them like a ton of bricks. I may go make sure you're watching your language and, you know, make sure that they're using it in the right setting, depending on when it happens. But I'm not going to come to turn around on them and tell them that they're completely wrong for that, because I know that there are times not in front of the children, um, because I don't believe that's my place to be uh, in terms of swearing, but I do swear. And me trying to pretend that I don't, I think would also be wrong. Yeah, but that, it's all about context. Every like most adults have probably sworn in certain contexts, in private, whatever. What we're discussing is you as a role model in the classroom, in a professional context, or what is mirroring, you know, a professional context, 
saying that a student saying this is effing s-h-i-t is okay and i'm saying i strongly disagree with that i'm saying that we shouldn't have lower expectations because kids are in the inner city or kids are you know from a deprived area whatever you know our expectations shouldn't drop because that's you know I'm, contextual if anything they should go up because of i'm, Rosie I'm not hey, that. okay I, in the city I, kids in the city kids okay read some texts like east by stephen burkoff that play was written in 1975 and it's the most sweary play that's ever been written in the english language and that is how many years ago looking at how angry inner city kids can be about their lives and the culture and this is this is we we have to start to understand how language shifts you know i look that's part of my degree thank god ron carter i loved you my god he died two years ago and he was brilliant at this and that's why we teach English language, not this stupid bloody GCSE, is that we start to pe get people to understand why we speak languages in certain ways. And I, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. And I know it sounds well, kind of nuts. Half of, half of my year 12 A-level history class does A-level drama as well. And I know for a fact they do Burkhoff because they come in talking about Burkhoff. But that doesn't mean all of a sudden they start effing and blinding and swearing in my history classroom. They, they understand the context in which it's appropriate. And that, I think, is the most important thing. I bet they've not been doing it. We've got Miss Mac here. Miss Mac's going to come out of chat. Hiya. So I'm, I'm actually with my mum my now, who's a fellow teacher. And we were, as everyone was just having a, a natter over it. Um, and ultimately, we think it comes down to the idea of it being appropriate in a classroom. So as Tom said, you are a role model for these kids. And the way that you behave and the way that you act is is what they think is appropriate and accept, uh, acceptable in a formal setting. And ultimately, if if Sharon in her drama class allows swearing and then they come to me in English and I'm like, no, we don't swear... We're sending a very mixed message to these kids, and ultimately, they, they're going to get confused on if they can or can't swear. They're going to there's going to be this culture of anxiety about, oh, is this teacher going to you know scream at me if I accidentally swear when just period one I was allowed to effing and blind about the subject, the teacher, the whatever. I mean, let, let's be clear here. You know, if I'm at Everton, you know, which I used to have a season ticket, hey. my my <laughs> language is going to be very different at Everton yeah. than it would be. And I've never sworn in the classroom. I'm never allowed swearing in the classroom simply because once I'm in that room and that, that classroom door's closed, I'm aware that I'm a role model yeah. for those kids. So whatever I think about it, I am a role model for those kids. And I'm am saying... I crap then? Actually, Tom. No, sorry. What? what? I'm Miss really Max Mum. No one said you were really crap. I'm, I've, I've clearly said that I strongly disagree that you saying that allowing the kids to swear with each other in the classroom environment. But if I swear, am I a bad role model if I swear? That's that's up to people's opinions. In in my I can only speak for myself in saying that I've never sworn. I would never swear in 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 the classroom um with students because I would feel that that that, that is inappropriate and it is not the right context for bad language but i've and sworn uh, honestly over the last honestly i've been teaching now for 22 years and i i have sworn in the classroom okay <laughs> all the time okay I'm, I'm i mean i don't i don't i don't that's that's your choice and I've not, you know, that's up to you. I'm, but am I'm I a failure or am I a bad role model or is there something wrong with me? I don't think anyone's trying to insinuate here, Sharon, yeah. that because you swear you are a bad teacher or a bad role, role model. But as Tom has reiterated, it, it's subjective. Personally, if one of my fellow colleagues was continually allowing swearing in their classroom or continually allowing teachers to uh, students to swear at them, 
I would question, okay, well, why do they think that's appropriate in a school setting? Because ultimately we are making, you know, you're, you're taking, I teach under 16 year olds, so 11 to 16. I teach in an inner city school where lots of them swear outside of my classroom, but actually inside my classroom, I'm trying to model them, as Rosie was saying earlier, into very strong, independent people who aren't relying on swearing to express their emotions and their um, opinions and use, you know, the, the vast english language that is out there to articulate themselves in in a more passionate <laughs> way than a swear word ever will yeah but no it, it doesn't actually because every now and again and i think in the city kids will tell you that that that's the word they need to use but um, do you not think that that comes down to a lack of language as opposed no, it to is not that a being. lack of language and that is insulting to those in the city kids I because don't think it is actually. Because no, it isn't. Taught, they they absolutely having... know they know their words, and they absolutely know their words. I, they they know how words work. That's a really vague sentence. What they evidence? Know how words what work. evidence do you have for that? What evidence do you have for that? What evidence? Shaz, I, yeah, Shaz, do I ask. have? They, Shaz, they know what words mean, and I would agree with you to some extent on this that. That, you know, lingual, you know, language for me, there is a spectrum. There are words that they use. They maybe don't know as many, but if they know what words mean, and that's the point you want you want to make, why can't they control the words that they use in different situations? And that would be my question. Um, can I make a point as well, please? Sorry, I'm Miss Matt's mum. And part of the conversation that her and I were having was that in terms of appropriateness, we are, as well as providing education for these young people, we are preparing them for life beyond school and life as adults. And the kind of workplaces lots of them will be going into is highly inappropriate for them to be using that kind of language in the workplace. So yes, if they're going to be working on a building site, they may find that everyone around them swears. However, for me, it boils down to appropriateness and inappropriateness. And if they're in your classroom, Sharon, and they have a particular play that has lots of swearing words in it, yes, then that is appropriate for them to use that kind of language. However, if they are working in an office or if they are working in a hospital or in a law firm or even as a cleaner in a in a um, office somewhere, it is highly inappropriate for them to use that kind of language and they can find themselves at the wrong end of disciplinary for doing so. And for me, that's what it boils down to. Um, I've had this discussion with my students recently where they said, oh, I bet you never swear, miss. And I said to them, I swear all the time. However, I don't swear in the classroom because it, I don't think it's the appropriate situation exactly to do it. so. Thank you. And that is what's really interesting. What we come back to again is what the workplace is like. And we used a building site, which is a bit insulting. Because building, building sites are part of our working world. But, but why is that so <laughs> I've, I've got friends who are barristers who are more foul mouthed than most actors. But they're I not know. going to be swearing in a courthouse. <laughs> Sharon, well, I am very foul mouthed. And amongst my colleagues, I use some extraordinarily colourful language. However, not in front of the students because that is not appropriate, appropriate in my opinion. No, I agree with you. If, if that's the but way you don't you agree. Would... You don't agree. You've but, just said you swear and kids can swear. So you don't agree. Well, yeah, I don't agree. Okay, good. I don't agree and I don't want to police language because language is just words. Oh, but if that were the case, words, Sharon, if that were the case. Words, because that's, we always get back to the point. That language is just words. Ah, but and Sharon, as a black gay woman, I can disagree with you that language is just words. Because if someone's calling me the N-word, mm. or if they're calling me a faggot, or they are calling me something else along those lines, it's not just words. Actually, those words have power. And so we can't just say it's just words because mm. it's all about the context. And actually, it's highly offensive totally to just minimise those that kind of language to just words. No, I totally agree with you. I but totally you don't. Agree you don't agree. Right. You're just saying I agree, but you don't agree. You've been very clear that you don't agree. No, I agree with what she just said. Swearing in the classroom in staff room 101. I no, we're not ready to do that yet. 
I want to carry oh. on. Miss Max Mum, can I just say you have won for me <laughs> best comment in that whole conversation. Your, your, oh, thank you. Your commentary. Send, send her a mug. Send her a mug. Your commentary is bang oh. on. Do you know what we're gonna do? I will personally send you a Teachers Talk Radio mug. Oh, <laughs> and a oh there you go. Bloody stickers. <laughs> I was just saying it as I see it. And I work in a school for boys that are SEMH. So there's an awful lot of swearing in my setting. And it's about trying to teach these children the appropriateness of being beyond school. I mean, listen, no one's saying, no one's saying kids don't swear. No one's saying that there's more chance that some kids in certain contexts of schools will swear more. No one is saying that. What we're talking about is... The classroom environment and the appropriateness of swearing in a classroom environment. That's what we're debating. We're not debating how much kids swear or what kids want to do or what kids feel like they want to do. We're debating what should happen in a classroom. Yeah, but sometimes, right? Man, listen. You know, at that moment where you where you get that moment where it's absolute joy and everyone uses like a four letter word no i don't <laughs> no i don't i don't have that you've never had I'm that sorry. in a classroom you really no. haven't been in a classroom because that was just joy when you go right we've we've, we've cracked this now and everyone goes <laughs> oh and they use that word and i can't use it on this this bloody oh, forum no. which is really okay. weird yeah, no, it is, you know, I, 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 I have yet to uh, experience the exhilaration. Yeah, oh, of everyone in the classroom. Standing up and swearing at once. I like can imagine on the like... timetable, Shaz, it says Pub yeah. 101 as your timetabled room. Hey, kids, Some go down to the pub. Have a... <laughs> expletive Dead Poet Society moment where we all stand on our tables and swear together. Yeah, but, but it's and... like the, the plays and the, the things that you guys, no, it's not like that. Just have fun with words. Okay, I don't think, no, I don't think, I do think words matter. I do. Ella's here. Ella, 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 Ella. Sorry, right. I did the yeah, Rihanna baby, thing. I'm sorry. Here. Can I speak as um, a former student of Sharon and a friend of Sharon? Um, now, I walked in, I'm just going to give a little kind of anecdote. I walked in when I was about 17 um, into my first drama lesson with Sharon many years ago and I remember being really taken aback because the first thing Sharon did was when you know what this is she she swore okay now I was like oh my god oh my god my lecturer just swore you know that that's crazy but what it did um is it made me go okay this woman is incredible now I will I will say and I'm going to explain why, okay? I'm, I'm, an, I'm a teacher of English myself and blah, blah, blah. Um, now, what Sharon has this ability to do is to engage and infuse all of her students. And I think what we're misunderstanding here in this conversation um, is that language is a form of expression. Now, of course, that's not advocating for using racial slurs or homophobic slurs or anything like that so let's get that clear that's that's you know standard practice however if you've got a kid like one of my students amazing amazing lad I was told you're never going to get him a grade four you know he's this that and the other every other word is f blah 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 he's always in the corridor he's always in trouble now with that student I kind of applied what Sharon did with me to our teaching um and that child couldn't actually go a sentence without swearing because it was in his household it was fundamental to his his language and his vocabulary it's a really important form of expression now you can think what you want of that and you can say that's wrong and xyz but if we understand culture and this is one thing we need to do in education more if we are able to kind of get kids to recognize their own identity and their own experience as valid then we some with some children with some you know in some circumstances that f word or that sh1t is really important form of expression i got that student a grade five 
Um, and it was like, oh, my God, what did you do? And honestly, I let him swear. Um, and I just wanted to have my little two pence in there because I think we're laughing and we're joking. And I, I, I don't, that doesn't sit right with me because I've been a student of Sharon and she's phenomenal. Um, and yeah, hang on a minute, Ella, wait a second. No one was, no one was insulting Sharon's ability to teach. That wasn't what this content was about. So we can all have our conversations about what each individual professional in this space is or isn't as a teacher, but that's not relevant. We were talking about the debate. We're not personalizing anything here. The debate was about whether we think swearing and students swearing in the classroom is acceptable. Yourself and Sharon think it is. I don't. But it is personal. I think it's it is personal. personal. Not in terms of it's personal attack. I'm not saying that. I'm saying swearing and expression Go, is a personal thing. It is a subjective thing. And this is one thing. It's like different codes, different arenas. If no, 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 no. Are... no, no. But, yeah, no, I get that, Ella. But I'm just saying you, the, the, the comments about Sharon as a teaching professional, I don't think are relevant to this debate. That's my point. I, you know, we can we can all say what we want about each individual in the space as a professional, good, bad, whatever. But for me, this is just about the content, which is that some of us think swearing is okay in the classroom and some of us don't. Yeah, and I'm saying as a student of Sharon who swore in front of me, it was important. That's my point. So it is for me. Why I've is that important? Though? Why is that why is that important? Because though? like I said, like I said, it was the first time I've ever heard a, a teacher swear in in a classroom. And and the thing the thing is about it, like I said, this is something that stood out for me and and it wasn't just the swear word. It was the fact that I had someone in front of me, a human being that was being her full self without capping or coding or kind of tainting who she was she was being her full authentic self so that is a direct personal experience but I'm just saying that is something that I actually was able to use with a student myself it was a technique where I was like do you know what mate be yourself get the f's out get the sh1t's out we're going to get you a grade four and we've got them a grade five I'm, I'm not offended I'm not upset I'm just kind of giving you my experience and I do think Tom can I just respond to Ella there yeah, of course, yeah. Please so, do. You're saying that, like, with this one student in particular who who swore because it was in a part of his vocabulary, yada, 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 you allowed him to swear in your classroom. What if you had a student in, within your classroom that took swearing really offensively? So they grew up in a, a very anti-swearing household. It was something that was never done. Looking at our society, there are settings in which we just don't allow swearing. So, you know, you're not going to go into a courthouse and start effing and blinding why is it okay for you know that one student to almost create quite a negative culture for everyone else just so that he could get his five what if by allowing that one student to swear you've actually made two students not want to come to your lesson anymore because they're like nah miss allows swearing all the time it just makes me feel uncomfortable and yeah you got one kid of four but actually you, you might have stopped two kids coming to your lesson like obviously all hypothetical mm-hmm. i just feel like the culture that you're creating is actually quite negative when you're trying to make it more positive yeah, I can see why that is a thing that you might think. But I think I think because of your, the way you... And this is individual, it comes down to how you teach, blah, blah, blah. But because of the way I facilitate my classrooms, we are all ourselves and we have a very, very safe environment where we love each other and we get on and we have a laugh. And that's not always, not every day, and I understand that. But, but can you t- truly say that you are your truest self in front of your students? Because I know that I... And I think most teachers put on a, a persona because, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes sit at my desk at 7.50 in the morning, you know, 40 minutes before the kids come in thinking, cool, I really don't want to be here today. And then as soon as those kids walk through the door, I am my happy, brightly self. So surely you do put on some form of persona. Of course, there's boundaries, aren't there? I, I think boundaries are really important and you've got to have an element. She of... probably doesn't. Well, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what more is there to say other than I don't, I, I don't, like, I gave the example of if a kid is swearing, this, it's contextual. You know, if I, go, if I go to a football match, Everton, whatever, with my dad, you know, we used to go. And of course, you know, in that environment, there's, there's going to be swearing. 
uh, in a pub. There's going to be swearing potentially. Um, you know, I could probably list uh, other examples, but for me, a classroom needs to mirror the environment that the young people are going. Uh, uh, many of them may enter after the age of 18. So if we're teaching them that swearing is okay within the classroom context by our own actions, but also by allowing swearing of children with other children in front of us, if we're saying that is okay and normal, then surely those kids are going to learn that that is okay and normal and are going to take that into their future employment environment. Tom, can I ask you a question? Hit me, Mr. J. Same. Um, Going back to the football situation, now there's no accounting for team taste at this point, um, unfortunately. <laughs> However, I want you to imagine for a moment that you are at your Everton football game. Again, no accounting for team taste. But you're suddenly next to one of the kids that you teach at school. Are you going to change your behaviour because of that? Or are you going to continue to be yourself in that setting yes of course you would it's the same way that if you're in a pub and you see your kids you leave the pub yeah. like you are constantly a role model yeah, to them. yeah. You, you, i mean that's you... happened that's happened to me that that exact scenario has happened to me um it's happened to me in 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 you know <laughs> even even with former students i would still change really yeah yeah, to an extent. I mean, you can ask That's form. mad. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't necessarily uh, change it to the extent that I would, you know, that I was in the classroom as their teacher. But I'd certainly be aware that, you know, um, that there the, the, the was that relationship. That relationship existed. So Wow. So it's that relationship that, that is always, that has to be. No, I, I can't quite grasp that. Yeah, but I think we're getting, I think we're slightly getting off the point. I mean, if it coming back to the point that Mr. J said about the football match, yes, I would change my behavior. If I was sat next to a 13 foot, yeah, if it was a 13, 14 year old group of students from my school who happened to buy tickets and they were sat next to me at Everton, I would moderate my behavior because I wouldn't, um, yeah, I would. I'd moderate my behavior in that situation. And it has happened. It happened when I'd I was over in Spain. I'd love to have that conversation with you at some point. Because, no, I wouldn't. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.